and welcome to Alien Minute, the daily podcast where we're analyzing aliens in short, controlled bursts. I'm John Ingle. And I'm Tyler Smith, and today we'll be talking about Minute 62, which begins with a pwn requesting the position of the alleged movement and ends with a flaming frost falling a few flights. Thank you so much for that, John. <laughs> that delightful alliteration that I think absolutely captures the weight of that moment. Well done. You're welcome. Well, he doesn't actually hit the bottom in this minute, so I think that it's still okay to joke a little bit. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, he might, he might <laughs> make it. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry, Frost. Sorry, Rico Ross. If you're listening out there, we're laughing at your character's demise. We really... I love... I, we know Kyle, Kyle Kyle thinks about you, but we love Frost over here at Alien Minute, so mm-hmm. I just want to throw it out there. Anyway... We haven't done introductions yet. Uh, Tyler Smith. Yeah, that's Tyler Smith again, back for day two. Thanks for coming back, Tyler. Oh, thank you for having me. And we also have uh, Kyle Anderson from The Nerdist back again. Hello. Thank you for thank you for having me. Thank you for not kicking me out after the first day. Oh, uh, that's fine. You did, you did a swell job. Thanks eh. so much, Tyler. Oh, I'm joking. Of course, you're my best friend in the world. <laughs> yeah. I like to go all or nothing. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. This guy, I don't care for him. Actually, he's my best friend in the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to divorce my wife so I can hang out with him more. That, yeah, that sounds reasonable. <laughs> wow. He is a good friend. He's <laughs> some hardcore friendship. You stupid idiot. I want you to be my <laughs> kid's godfather. Uh, good times. All right. Yeah. So. All right. Well, so we're right in the middle. We have our unraveling, like dehibernating aliens coming out of the woodwork. Um, we're, we've got confused Marines. And we've got Hudson calling out that they have movement. We got a little bit of that in the last minute, but we're really in the meat of it here. So Hudson, Hudson's in charge of, of the uh, motion tracker. Apparently, I think Hicks has one too, but he's calling out that we have movement. And uh, do we do we trust Hudson? <laughs> I feel like we had this in the la- in Alien. God, yeah. Tyler, were you on that? Uh, I believe I was. Yes. Where we had uh, that it was. Yeah, I think you were. You we're guys on were on for sequence minute as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, where uh, Lambert is the one that's trusted with the tracking device, and we were like, was that a good idea? I don't know. Uh, Again, because Hudson here, right, is the is the Lambert of aliens, wouldn't you say? But you know what he is. But here's the thing. Because I had this, I was going to make a joke about like, hey, let's. It's like, hey, who should we give the tracker to? How about the how about the most frightened person? But then it occurred to me, he, up until this moment, he's not the most frightened person. He's the most confident person. He might be excitable and over the top, but he's, he is officially the technician. And there's no reason to think that for anyone to think that he is going to like buckle under the pressure or anything like that. So uh, as opposed to Lambert, who everybody knew what was going on with her uh, immediately, but they were running out of crew members. Well, she was all, she was the cartographer, so sure directional stuff is her forte, I guess. But yeah, yeah, here we're getting a little bit of reverse Lambert, right? Yeah, we we don't really know at this moment, even though we get a couple of hints. We talked about last week. You'd have to be very on top of it to catch him the first time you're watching this movie. But last week we talked about there's a nice little shot where they rack focus to him from Vasquez. So you have Vasquez walking through the shot in focus, very focused. You know, she's like keeping her eye out, doing what she's supposed to be doing as the point person. And then they rack focus to Hudson, who's like really wide eyed, looks very wary about where they're going. And you're like, oh, if you're really paying attention, you get the juxtaposition between the two of them there. But there's no reason for you to really have picked up on that. 
And you're right, he's the tech. He should be the one. Uh, and, you know, he's doing his job here. The thing is, the technology is not helping him in this particular case, right? Yeah, and I had a, I did have a thought, by the way, about those motion trackers. Um, and this is something that, I, that just occurred to me as I was watching Aliens again uh, a few days ago. The motion trackers, even though officially at this point we have seen the aliens begin to move, but it's the same with uh, with Alien. The motion trackers kind of serve the same function as the barrels in Jaws. Um, if you have those motion trackers and you have some some visualization of the enemy, you actually don't need to show the enemy for an extended period of time. Um, it's just enough that they're getting closer and closer uh, to where we are and then you can show them very briefly and it will be as though they've been there the whole time. We will kind of emotionally remember probably the aliens being there more than they actually were on screen. Um, so yeah, I do really like these motion trackers. Like they, they, they're, they're very functional as far as story and, and, uh, storytelling economy. Yeah, I agree that there's, Something else, I think that there's a correlation between the j- barrels and jaws as well, because in jaws, if I'm remembering correctly, you start to get kind of new information about the shark, right? Like we've seen yeah. the shark a little bit. We've seen what it can do to people, but they're not really aware quite what they're dealing with yet until those barrels, right? Yeah. They just start to disappear. It's been a while since I watched jaws. I need to watch it again. Maybe tonight. Maybe I will. Um, but, <laughs> but here, you know, later we find out that the we're only getting a little bit of the information from the motion trackers, too. I don't want to go into that too far, but it's a similar thing where, yeah, we're getting the idea that their aliens are around and they're visually represented on this piece of technology, but we're not getting the full picture. We're going to get a surprise, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like that correlation. I just that occurred to me that there was another way uh, that it also lines up with Jaws. And the other thing is, uh, as far as iconic lines in aliens i recognize that this is one that isn't it can't necessarily be quoted uh in certain situations but i do really like hudson's i'm when he says i'm telling you there's something moving and it ain't us like i can't think of a more of like horror uh, a horror movie boiled down to its essence than that there's something moving and it ain't us and I think Paxton delivers it really well with the proper amount of panic, not the full on panic, but just urgency, uh, especially because no one can see anything move. Uh, and so I don't know. There's just something about that line that really instills fear. It does. It does that. And it also maybe gives us a little exposition that we need. We might be asking the question, uh, well, maybe you're picking up other Marines, right? You know, like that could be true. Yeah. And so for him to point that out very expressly is not only him giving that information to everyone else. Like, so just to be clear, it's not you on this monitor that I'm picking up, but it's also telling the audience. Yeah. You know, there's a reason for him to get a little bit panicked here because there's shit happening all over that thing. And I, I love how that's presented too, because we get this beautiful shot. I can't, I, I don't want to go on about it too long, but there's this wonderful shot of a that we get where he's sort of sliding sideways towards Hudson saying, talk to me, Hudson. And it's beautiful. It's got this rail right through the, like the lower, I think the lower third of the screen. And then you got fire on the right side of the screen, all in the foreground ahead of him. And he's a little bug eyed, maybe a little panicked. And it really shows kind of illustrates that, you know, their feet are to the fire and they're getting like closed in. I think it's a nice little visual representation of that. But then it cuts to an insert of the motion tracker and it's just spinning wildly around. Yeah. And I love that moment because you're, they're like, 
everybody's so dependent on the technology and the technology is failing them every step of the way here. So we get a nice little cut. Uh, it's just a nice little montage moment with that. Yeah, I, I like the confusion in in this minute, but it's not it's not full on panic yet. Like Apone's looking around, uh, Hudson saying, "I there's movement on the tracker." Um, Gorman and and everybody in the in the car can't see anything. Uh, and Hicks, you have Hicks being like, "There is nothing moving." Like he's like, "It's fine." He pats Frost on the back. He's like, "It it it's fine." We're you know just keep moving. There's nothing going on. And then it's not until the very end of this minute when you see the alien in as as wide a shot as i think we've ever seen an alien and uh uh unfurl and attack uh whatever her name is that marine uh yes dietrich um and, and you know pull her up and that's like you know even up to that point everyone's just kind of like are we what's happening what you know we, there's reason to panic in some fashion but but maybe there isn't like and uh uh i i, I like the kind of just we get a million shots of all these, uh, everybody doing something else and everybody kind of, kind of has their own reaction to, you know, what Hudson's telling them. And I think it says a lot about the character of Hicks that he's just like, he he's the, the coolest about it. Even Apone's kind of like looking around kind of worried. Um, but Hicks is just like, Nope, I, I don't see anything. Uh, I have my shotgun. I'm good to go. I don't see anything. And, uh, uh, yeah. So I, I really like that, that build up to the alien unfurling and the alien looks much different actually than uh the first movie's alien it's it's much more uh, veiny i guess is the word um even slightly different coloration too which i thought was kind of cool and you get a you're you're treated to a a profile shot of the alien right as it's about to lunge at dietrich mm-hmm. and its mouth looks different it looks like it's smiling um, I know that it's actually not. It's just like the the design of this particular head, but uh, it looks like the mouth is big and smiling, um, and then something terrible is about to happen. Um, but one thing I did want to mention is that, uh, Kyle, you mentioned that uh, uh, Hicks touches Frost on the shoulder. Th- that comes right after a really good-looking, iconic shot of Frost with his gun up and he's looking over his shoulder like if I were Rico Ross that would be my publicity photo it looks yeah, <laughs> he's yeah he's framed really well and he looks really cool and it gets me thinking that as far we you know very few of these actors are well known you know Michael Bean was in Terminator maybe people remember Bill Paxton from one or two things before this but probably not this is a, a mostly no name cast and so we really don't know which of these Marines are going to make it out of this. And when we get shots like that of frost and we get, we get him hanging out with, with Hicks and we give him some good lines, like, you know, what are we supposed to do? Uh, what are you supposed to use? Harsh language. Um, frost seems like a character that's going to make it. And he goes down really fast. Uh, I'll be not, not even, from an, yeah. not even an alien. Oh, it's what you were about to say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's that's a thing that I like cuz I remember when I was when I was younger I found myself wondering like well why are they giving Frost so much to do when he's going to die so quickly and as I got older I realized like no that's the brilliance is that not unlike when they killed uh Dallas so so early in Alien uh you realize that oh it lets it lets us know that everyone every aside from probably Ripley 
everyone's up for grabs, you know. So you get Frost, Apone, Drake. You know, you get Where's Basky and Crow and Dietrich and characters that aren't really well known. But you get these other guys that have been somewhat well defined, albeit in you know as archetypes. But we know them and we 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 have a sense of who they are. And then they are gone after this first encounter. And someone like Frost to go out the way he does so quickly is it, it really raises the stakes and lets us know exactly what we're dealing with. Yeah, and it's it's like a frantic death. It's not he doesn't get the hero death shot. Yeah. He doesn't even get like, you know, some of the shots later on where um, you know, when uh, the acid like splashes onto Vasquez later on in the movie and it's like that that shot of her being like, "Ah!" cuz it's like we know Vasquez. Vasquez is a badass and she's even dying. Um, oh, you mean you mean Drake. She kills the thing sorry. and it it's kills been a while Drake. since yeah. I watched it. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it's Drake. Um, yeah. But you're right, he does get kind of a hero death shot. Yeah, and 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 Frost does not at all. Like you almost don't know what happened just then. Like because you're focusing on uh, the alien taking Dietrich, yeah. and um, and you see that somebody's on fire falling, and you just hear Hicks yell Frost. Yeah, and so that's the only way we would know that that was him who got killed. Uh, because otherwise it's just like because there's so many of these other Marines that we know the names and we've heard the names and we will hear their names again in the next minute, which I'm excited to talk about. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, it's like I really, I really, yeah, I really like that. Now I hadn't even really thought about that. But yeah, there's set. They, there are a couple moments there where you're like, "Hey, Frost is he's a pretty cool dude. He's a yeah. he's a he's a with it customer. He's going to be around for nope. He's gone. All right, bye." Like, <laughs> I'm sure people at the time, especially 75 year old people, were saying that guy is a with it customer. <laughs> did I just say that out loud on a podcast? Yes, I did. With it customer. Good. That's the title of the of the episode. Thank you. Cool. Um oh, with it. You know, I don't remember the whole story, but uh and I've mentioned this a few times when um Rico Ross was on Matt Gorley's show, I was there too. He told a lot of stories about how his character developed and so on. And one of them was uh either that he told the story on that show or I read this, but I know that he was cast in full metal jacket. And kind of got talked out of it by Cameron. Cameron really wanted him to come over. And they shot very close to each other, Aliens in Full Metal Jacket. Mm-hmm. And he basically, I think that what happened was Cameron kind of scratched out a couple of lines for him in the script. And kind of talked him into coming over. Because Harsh Language is a Hudson line in the screenplay. So he basically just scratched Hudson's name out and put in... Uh, Put in frost there, but he gets that nice button line. The corn, she don't like the cornbread either. He gets so many nice little lines that I, I wonder if he realized though it right away that he was going to die so soon because it sounded as though he was being told he had a big job. You know, this was going to really pay the bills. Obviously, he would have been shooting for at least one and a half more years had he actually gone on with Full Metal Jacket. But <laughs> so he really saved some time out of his life, but. And you're right. He, he's built up. It's it's a it's a really great role for such a brief for the first guy. Technically, I guess timing wise, I guess he's the first to die here. So that's true. Oh, yeah. So it's a pretty meaty role for the first guy to die. It's like the, the ultimate red shirt that actually has a name and a little bit of backstory or something. But yeah, it's great. It, it's perfectly fine. And and you're right. I never really thought about the fact that maybe it was a little bit of a of a deke, like that. There, Cameron was trying to make us think that he might be one of the the last Marines left alive. I mean, if you're if you're canny at all, you know that there's not going to be a bunch of them left alive. That there's going to be a bunch of them picked off pretty quick and probably. Or at least very in quick succession. 
But you also might catch on if you want, you know, last week when he's handed the bag of of ammo, you might catch on to, uh oh, that's a time bomb that he's got. He even goes, oh, well, thanks, Sarge, when he gives it to him. Like he knows it's not a good duty to get. So, uh, but yeah, you know, all of it is meant to misdirect you and make you th- make assumptions, and we're not necessarily sure which ones are going to pay off or which ones are going to turn out that we weren't right about. So. It's good. It's it's a good bit of characterization. Like we said, but all these Marines, I think they're well drawn for people that aren't on the screen all that much or sometimes don't have any lines even. You kind of get an idea who they are from the little bit of time they have on the screen. With a couple of exceptions, which I will actually bring up in the next minute. But, sure. uh, but yeah. And it is interesting that just how quickly two Marines, because there aren't that many. I think you guys have talked about it on the show. Like there really aren't that many Marines in that space. And so for two of them to be gone immediately, Dietrich's Dietrich's out of it. And as a function of that, uh, Frost is gone. And then as a function of that, Crow is going to die. And whereas is going to get hurt and then eventually killed by an alien uh, off screen. And so Basically, uh, Dietrich dying means three more people dying, uh, and it's all within a few minutes. Not even a few minutes. Sorry, it's within 60 seconds. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy escalation all of a sudden, because right, here we are. We're, 60, we're an hour and two minutes into the movie, and this is where the shit's really finally starting to go down, and they do it really suddenly and take out a bunch of people all at once. I think it's great because it should be a gut punch to the audience, right? If you've kind of kind of gotten to know some of these guys, or at least uh, the ones that you have gotten to know are now in real danger. It's a great escalation, great moment for everybody to start to make as an audience member, you're kind of starting to panic a little bit and it's a good time for it. And when you think about it, so one of the, one of the themes of of the film is how technology is not going to save us uh, from these things. You know, in the first Alien, where they they kind of put together some weapons that maybe they could use and then don't really get a chance to. Um, you know, people die one at a time because that's really all they can do. Um, there aren't many of them. They sort of need to split up in order to to try to get the alien. Uh, whereas here. What do we have? We've got a bunch of Marines, so that's theoretically safety in numbers. And then we have a lot of uh, firepower. So, like, those are two things that anybody would say makes them more safe. However, uh, Frost is killed by Dietrich's weapon. And then, the, and then the ammo blows up, which kills Crow. And so when you think about, like, so that is a function of their firepower working against them. And the whole reason that Frost is killed by Dietrich is because there are a bunch of them crammed together. So their numbers are actually a detriment as well. And so everything that makes these Marines formidable in any other circumstance is a liability here. There's also the, the Vietnam correlations you can make here too, sure. with, you know, you go in with a you know, superior firepower thinking you're going to be able to take out this smaller, like inferior enemy. But the fact that they're able to blend into the environment, ends up getting you it does you no good at all we we're getting that kind of with the uh infrared right so that another thing that happens in this minute is apone orders everyone to go to infrared right before the shit really goes down and that's not going to do them any good apparently these things blend right in and even infrared can't read them so yeah uh yeah all of that put together really makes for this 
these they're just out of their element. They're just going to lose. They're not. They don't have a chance against these. It's people. a crew of Donnies. <laughs> it is. Oh, you just renamed the episode. Save oh. yourself from. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think Donnie. that other one works better. That's well, me, we'll see. We'll, <laughs> we'll here, here see. in a couple of weeks when I edit it, we'll see what. <laughs> oh, that'll be fun. I might do a little slash uh, or <laughs> colon. A crew yeah, of go Doctor Strangelove with it. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. <laughs> So I don't think I have anything more. Yeah. Uh, I think for I'm this. good with this one. This is, we we talked way more about Frost than I expected to, but uh, that's the function of a show like this is where you can really start to pick stuff apart. And now I really like Frost. I want to go back and watch the movie <laughs> and just focus on him. And as soon as he dies, I'm going to turn the movie off. It just I, to you, the movie's called Frost. Yeah, <laughs> aliens stay frosty. No, that's not good. Kumail Nanjiani has that joke about the movie Aliens, and where basically he says he'd be the uh, the Harry Dean Stanton character, and he's like, I wouldn't be the last person alive in a horror movie. I'd be the first one to die. To me, the plot of the movie is uh, everyone's in a spaceship and the cat's gone missing. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, if that's all we got, then Kyle, you want to let everybody know where they can find you on the internet again? Sure. Well, uh, you can find me on Twitter at functional nerd. You can read everything that I write on nerdist.com. Um, I'm also, I'm on a, a couple times a week. Uh, we do a live uh, news program on nerdist called nurse news talks back, which you can find on Nerdist's YouTube. Um, I also do a podcast called doctor who the writer's room and a podcast called the classic horror cast. So please listen to those. And uh, yeah. Tyler, tell everyone where they can find you again. You can find me at battleshippretension.com. You can also find me at morethanonelesson.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Tyler Pretension and at More Lessons. And then uh, feel free to seek out my book, Worth Watching, at worthwatchingbook.com. And you could find us at alienminute.com, on Twitter at alienminutepod, or on Instagram at alien, alienminutepodcast. Uh, you also come to our virtual tip jar, drop a couple of bucks in there if you'd like. That would be much appreciated as the podcast bills keep stacking up over here at the office. All right. Well, that's going to do it for Minute 62. We'll see you tomorrow for Minute number 63.